Welcome to a very, very special Too Much Dip. My name is Dave. I'm going to host today. Joining me in studio, as always, it's one Dylan Chivery. I'm going to pretend that you guys held off to record Tuesday so I could make it as I was out of town yesterday. And not because we have some very special guest Mike Roach joining us here in a bit. Well, we couldn't do it without you. Well, That's the thing. I, I really appreciate that. Thanks, guys. It's kind of a win-win. Thanks you know what I mean? Me. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Happy to be here. Live from Wisconsin, it's KJ. KJ Ellis. I'm going to pretend that we didn't hold off on recording just to uh, acknowledge my appreciation for Black History Month. Uh, and all that encompasses, you know, all of our heroes across the month and there within. Anybody specifically, like from maybe the baseball world that you want to name? All of the greats. Can we tell that story? <laughs> I don't know if Dylan knows it. I don't know if my, I doubt Mike knows it. Well, we can intro Mike because okay, Mike's familiar with the other Mike. players involved. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> from 24 7 or 247, depending on who you talk to, sports, it's uh, noted recruiting insider expert and just a good guy friend mm -hmm. of the show mike roach what's up mike what's up fellas i'm gonna try to make this better than my last appearance where the internet did not cooperate with the live stream and i missed out on making all the picks i wanted to make yeah that was tough but that's okay you're not the first our uh our social media intern <laughs> <laughs> he, he was so pixelated uh, he'll never live that down uh on one of his uh his guest appearances but yeah th thanks for popping on with us always fellas anytime i gotta i gotta say next time i'm in austin for an event i need to swing by and, and see the place you absolutely have to man it's hard to get to Explain, give, give your credentials, because I don't think what I just did there did you justice, and I apologize, because you, you are very dialed into the Austin area. Yeah, I cover uh, recruiting for the University of Texas at Horns 24-7, um, and have been doing that. Covering Texas recruiting for, geez, I guess it's eight years now, and covering uh, uh, te uh, Texas recruiting for Horns 24-7 since 2018, so um, mainly focus on that, but just in my capacity as a recruiting reporter, I get out and see so much high school football that uh, I end up kind of dabbling in just a bit of everything going on in the state. Yeah, you're you're kind of the guy that is you are actually doing what I pretend to be doing. And that's like be completely dialed in on Texas high school football. I'm very limited in my scope, as uh, people have probably figured out by now. There was one point where Dave was flirting with the idea of actually launching a Texas high school football podcast then he sort of realized that the uh the demographic might be a little small might be a little too niche but i still think it had legs dave if that if that day ever comes you know yeah oh you first first <laughs> call no no lies um and i don't i think we did you wrong last time we didn't plug your book tell us about the book we love books we're big readers yeah, I read a book. Uh, I wrote a book. Um, it's called The Road to Texas. Uh, the long version of it is uh, incredible twists and improbable turns on the Texas recruiting trail. Um, it is uh, kind of a collection of, of what I would, I would say are a few great players at Texas and how they got there. Um, it was a really cool experience to do. I think the probably the big name was, was Derek Johnson. Um, he was the guy that, and probably the name, like I was frankly just mostly excited to talk to as a kid that grew up watching Derek Johnson play in that era. Um, but, you know, we have some really good ones in there. Michael Huff, um, Fozzie Whitaker, uh, Ross Wright. Yeah, so um, there's a ton of guys. So it's uh, on sale anywhere you get books. Amazon's a good place to find it. And I'm supposed to get my first royalty check this month. So if anybody wants to contribute to that, uh, <laughs> let's go. I think I might be interested in something like that. That would look good on our like, coffee table here in the office. It would, actually. Um, before we get into it too heavily, can I give a shout-out to our good friends at DraftKings? Please. Would you mind? Please. Because as you know, you got to be getting ready for the biggest Sunday in sports. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. How about that? I like it. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day 
between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern update. Oh, yeah. To see what your prop bet will be boosted. To see which one will be boosted. Excuse me. Um, I'm a, I am a coin flip guy. I am a who will, <laughs> who will score the first touchdown guy. And the national anthem, uh, that one is the easiest to me. I like first play pass versus rod. That's a good. That's huh? a good one for me. I don't know which I'm going to pick, but I'm going to pick one of them. We're going to do one of them, and you know how we're going to do it? We're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. We're going to use code WASHED, W-A-S-H-E-D, WASHED. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code WASHED. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. One other housekeeping note. We're doing a uh, live stream Thursday, Super Bowl live stream. I know we said we've already done our last live stream. This is a bonus, and we've got a special guest, Brandon. Some know him as Bro Bible Brandon, noted Eagles fan. Brandon, um, internet, old school internet guy, just been a winner. How you say his last name? I, I was kind of trying to avoid it because I didn't know. Wiener, wiener, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Great dude, though. Good dude. All yeah, he's. We need to have him on circling back one day because yeah. we could talk old school internet with him. He for, would he would probably be a great guest for that. You're right. Yeah. So check that out. That'll be on our uh, YouTube channel only, and then we'll release the uh, audio the next day. Where do we begin? I, I assume people don't really care too much about GJ Kenny, but we can get to that later. Um, Texas uh, got another dude today. Yeah, it flipped uh, TCU kid. Who uh, I think I believe he signed during National Signing Day two volume two, just held off on actually announcing it uh, this morning. I believe is that is that correct, Mike? Yeah, uh, Warren Roberson, who's a four star safety uh, athlete type from from Red Oak here in the Dallas area, um, flipped from TCU to Texas. Kind of a guy they got him on in September October, and then ran pretty hot and cold on. He commits to TCU. I kind of forgot like he existed to be clear, um, and then he didn't sign with TCU. I mean, it's a that's no offense to him. I just yeah. I got a lot of names to remember. You know, and so once a guy's gone, I'm like, cool. Like kids always think they're like, well, when they tell me, oh, I'm going somewhere else, that like I'm going to be sad, and I'm like, cool. That means I can check you off, and I don't have to track you. Um, and so he didn't sign in uh, December. And Texas got him in during the last week of official visits. Uh, we're able to land him then. And so he signed on last Wednesday, but uh, he wanted to do the live announcement. And because of the ice in, in Dallas, he was uh, not able to do that until today. Got it. Okay. Red Oak, man, Red Oak's come up in the last five or six years, I feel like. I know uh, that Chris Parsons, the old Duncanville quarterback, transferred over there. And I, they've, they've, had a, they've had some good teams. They've got some dudes and they've got some more coming. Like they've got a, a really good kid in 2025. Who, so that means he'll be a junior next year. They've got a 10, 500 meter kid in, uh, in 2026, who's a freshman. So um, they've got, they've got a lot of talent still in that pipeline. Is there any indication that he saw the national championship game? and was just like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> I got like, look what we're doing. What you guys are doing is great, but yeah, TCU um, is is obviously losing a lot of talent, but they they hit the portal really hard. I yeah, believe. and they, they brought up. back like all the big names from recruiting, right? Like every kid who basically was a five star in DFW over the last three years has come back to TCU after it didn't work out for them at their first college. So like JoJo Earl from Alito who went to Alabama. Tommy Brockermeyer from All Saints Episcopal in Fort Worth went to Alabama. All those guys transferring back. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I think they're going to have a little bit of a fall uh, from where they were. I wasn't exactly – like the the story of them making the national title was cool and all right, but like in our business, you know, we, we, all, we often have the do stars matter conversation and – our answer is yes, stars do matter. And when we looked at Georgia's roster versus TCU's roster, yeah. that one was a, was pretty easy to pick out. Uh, I got a question about, so the number one tight end in the country, Deuce Robinson. Uh, so now that, you know, both national signing days have come and gone, this is a kid who has not signed anywhere. He, this is a 2023 kid. And I would, I believe it's also because he is a legit, uh, MLB prospect. Yeah. So what what's this kid's story and why 
from what I understand, this kid can, if he decides to go to Georgia or Texas or something like that, and he, and I'm bringing this up because Texas is still on his short list of schools to go to. Um, can you just enroll at any point and be on scholarship? And if so, what's the point of like the, the national letter of intent? I'm kind of confused on how the situation is, is going down. Yeah. So anybody can enroll and just go on scholarship. They don't actually have to sign an NLI. Um, now I got a, we got a news break from our guy, Blair Angulo, who's out West and has covered um, Deuce's recruitment right about the time we were starting this recording that Deuce has set his decision time frame. It's going to be live on our show. So since I'm doing this, I'm not watching. So I'm not sure what that time frame is, but um, you can basically just enroll at any time. The, the difference is the NLI is binding. Um, it binds the, the prospect of the school and the school to the prospect. And so for kids who aren't five-star tight ends, who can't afford to wait the process, it works for them. Now, for a guy like that, you may remember uh, he, he actually had some big games at Ohio State this year, JT Tuamoliao, who was our number one player in the country two years ago, did the same thing. He didn't, he didn't make his decision in February, took a bunch of visits again throughout the spring, and then just enrolled at Ohio State uh, in the summer. So it's one way to go about it. Um, it's not for everybody. You, you better be a guy that everybody's willing to hold a spot for, but uh, it, it is one way to go about it. Okay. And the, the interesting thing, so he is like, you know, 6'6", 240, really good tight end, looks like Aaron Judge in the face and apparently plays like Aaron Judge uh, on the diamond. That's like the comp he's been getting. So he's getting, I think, legitimate like top two round buzz in the MLB draft. And I believe, I don't know the legality of all this yet, and I, it's on my list for research, but if he takes an MLB contract – I think he can walk on at whatever school of his choice and not use a scholarship, basically. I mean, isn't that – I mean, Cedric Benson was in a similar situation, was he not? But I also right. believe he was on scholarship for Texas. Yeah, and I think that's changed since then. Okay. Ricky Williams also had the same thing yep. going on where those guys were playing summer ball uh, in pro organizations. So, um, and, you know, I, I got to go back and look at what, what the deal was with Kyler once Kyler was drafted and – you know, what, what, what that affected and, and all that. So. Damn. Brandon, I just learned, I, I learned a lot for, right there. For those who know, I guess, uh, probably don't know. I wasn't aware. Deuce Robinson's father, uh, Dominic Robinson played play baseball and football at Florida state was still sport athletes. Mom's a swimmer, swimmer university of Florida. So the genes are there, but I believe Dominic's like hall of fame at Florida state uh, in yeah. football as well. So like, you know, up there with the Charlie Wards of that era, uh, as far as two sport athletes go. Yeah, and I think like if you're asking me for a prediction right now, I think he ends up at Georgia, which is Georgia already has two tight ends that are in the top one uh, two hundred in their class. So adding him will just be more weapons for for that offense. But uh, <laughs> that's that's where I see him going as of now. Can we stay in Florida real quick since we just mentioned it? Uh, can you give us what – tell us what happened with this Jaden Rashada thing? <laughs> this has been such an, a weird story. And the numbers being thrown around, the dollars being thrown around, I, I, I refuse to believe these numbers. Please tell me that the $13 million is not true. Can I add, I feel like J, this is like the story that will expose the generational divide and like the understanding of, of like college football recruitment. And I will admittedly say, like, I'm on the wrong side of that generational divide. Like, I remember the first article coming out talking about, like, Masterpiece Kid signs with some cell phone company or technology company for a million-dollar NLI deal, which I'm sure was a press release and all smoke for basketball or whatever. Never heard anything else about it. We fast-forward to this, like, in $16 million is thrown out there, and I'm like, I'm sure that number exists somewhere. But when these, you know, house of cards start falling – yeah what's like, the blowback I, I think from what i gathered right the numbers came from i think the athletic did an article where they basically foiled the contract and um and got a look at it but uh so i don't i didn't look into their research i don't know what everything entails but there are a lot of inflated numbers when you talk about name image and likeness there are people throwing out these like astronomical paydays and, and a lot of them are inflated i think a lot of this too is um 
these collect these collectives are a little bit of i mean they're they're kind of out there with no guardrails right so they they kind of do whatever they want i think in the face of their public embarrassment of florida not being able to assign him it it's almost like a gm coming out and being like well we offered the guy this and he wouldn't resign with us like what do you want us to do um i don't know again how real uh all that is now the funny thing about Jaden Rashad is I got to know him throughout the year because he, he played a ton of seven on seven. So I'd see him at tournaments, sweet kid, really nice kid, really good quarterback. Um, the funny thing is we were doing like an anonymous survey when I was out at the Under Armour game in Orlando, where we were just talking to recruits about, Hey, how big of a deal was NIL for your recruitment? How many collectives did you speak to? And none of that, they're not quoted. I mean, we're literally just collecting data and going to say, you know, 10 recruits said they spoke to five or more collectives. And Rashada went on and on about like, oh, it's it wasn't a thing at all. Like it wasn't a factor at all in my decision. I didn't talk to anybody, you know, this and that. And I was like, dude, they've they've already written stories about like how much money you're getting. <laughs> like we all know the secret. So um, I think it's it's certainly interesting. I don't know from what I understand. He he signed with Florida, was set to enroll in January, and the check for the initial payment had not hit. And so that's when he was like, well, I'm not showing up unless we get this sorted out. So he has since uh, flipped to Arizona state and signed with them. Huh? Interesting. Um, any Arizona state, <laughs> any thoughts on that KJ? <laughs> I, I, it always comes back to two, one of two people. If it's not Gary P it's gotta be uh, Rashad's samples at all times. Anytime. I will, <laughs> shout out to Rashad who is, uh, I mean, you know, in our business, it's like I don't really like revealing who I know and who I don't know. Right. But Rashad and I are so t- closely tied that, like, it's hard to avoid. Rashad and I are very close, and he will tell people to this day that uh, he keeps joking that he should share all of his contracts with me because of all the good press I gave him when he was just a recruiting assistant at Texas uh, to kind of get him to where he is. I'll give credit uh, on the Rashad front to Kenny Dillingham, who was at Oregon and recruited Rashada and then and, and Rashada's dad, I think similarly to Deuce Robinson's dad is like a hall of honor player at Arizona state. So uh, I think it just kind of made sense when they were looking for a landing spot. Two things for the folks at home. One, of course, Rashad samples. If you're new here is the son of the Duncanville head coach, um, now state champion. And um, <clears throat> also KJ's mortal enemy. For reasons I'll let him explain. Just hasn't let it go. Well, I did spend like the first, I don't know, like four minutes of the first 18 minutes of this podcast, like trying to fact check like the person who's most in tune with what the transfer portal rankings are so that I could be like, well, well, I mean, TCU's up there, but, but like SMU's doing okay. Like that's how butthurt I still am about like TCU's recruiting prowess because when Rashad Samples left, you know, SMU, he did what he's good at doing. He continued recruiting. And, you know, that came at the uh, cost of a few players from SMU. But SMU is continuing to, you know, build upon what occurred when Rashad and, and uh, um, Sonny Dykes were at SMU. So it's all hey, love at this point. Shout out to SMU. They just landed their highest ranked uh, composite recruit ever last night in the form of South Oak Cliff oh, yes. uh, wide receiver Jamari Cawley, Cawley, who we affectionately refer to as Wildman. Um, that is Hell his yeah. name. Um, he never has a shirt on. Like I went to Sock two weeks ago to take pictures at their practice of some new kids, and he was walking out of the school building at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon no shirt on. So um, I mentioned it to somebody and they're like, well, we don't call him, you know, well-adjusted man. So uh, <laughs> but it is an animal. He is, he is awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to add about that. I'm like, I will, I was like uh tempered excitement because I vividly remember watching uh, the, the, the playoff game of Garland in like the second round two or three years ago with their top tier top two athletes that were committed to SMU at the time, the two that then committed to TCU and having like a boneheaded ending to that game that like cost them their season, like just all bad clock management, but then being like, man, look at these two studs just dominate as I'm like watching in bed on my phone, like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, I'm not going to, not going to be hurt again. 
but you will find me watching a lot of SOC games this fall with the same excitement until I hear otherwise. Uh, Mike. I don't wanna, I, yeah, I don't want to get too tangential here and down the rabbit hole, but uh, fun fact, I discovered both of those kids, Jordan Hudson and Chase Biddle. They were, uh, they were they had no offers, and I found them at a seven-on-seven tournament, and I'm like, why why do neither of these guys have any offers? And so they we, we got them blown up during COVID when coaches were throwing out offers like candy. How often does that happen? Yep. Well, it, it, a lot more than you think. It's, it's dependent on how much does their program push the kids. And at Garland, you know, at the risk of somebody from Garland ISD hearing this and banning me from all the games, they don't do a very good job of promoting their kids. Uh, at least at Garland High, Lakeview Centennial is pretty good about it. North Garland or uh, Navy Forest is really good about it. Uh, but I, I – I, called their coaches and were just like, there's no way these kids each shouldn't have 20 offers at this point in time. And they've got, I think Jordan Hudson had two at the time and Chase Biddle, nobody knew who he was at all. So, um, and now they're both at, at TCU. Can I ask you about um, bringing it back to Duncanville real quick? Because there's a kid, he's now at Missouri, Ennis uh, Rackestraw, who to my knowledge, his senior year did not have any major d1 offers until the playoff run and then everybody offered him like at like three games deep is that is that an accurate assessment and i know he's yeah. got he's he had, had some career at mizzou he had low level g like g5s and some fcs offers but was not highly recruited at all he kind of benefited from what i call the second market in recruiting which is uh, you know when everybody fills up then when you go past december and everybody signed it's like okay who's out there and I think stocks can inflate in, in that market a little bit. And, and suddenly everybody's in on a kid that in most cases probably wouldn't be going. Like, like Ennis Rakestraw's had a good career at Missouri, and I'm happy for him. His top three was Missouri, Alabama, and Texas. Um, and from what I understand, all three of those schools would have taken him. Um, he probably wasn't fit for Texas. He for sure I don't think was fit for Alabama. Um, and so he just kind of – it was – Hey, those three schools needed a corner, so they they went in on him. But you know, credit to Ennis, who's who's made the most of it. I remember the uh, the video of uh, Drinkwitz. I think it was his first year, first recruiting class, or second, getting the call that uh, he was going. Watching the video of him so, picking the uh, Tigers hat. You want to hear a funny story about that and why I mean why I I goof on Eli Drinkwitz all the time? First of all. I'm 99% sure he was watching my Periscope from Ennis's announcement. <laughs> um, but him going crazy, like it was a cool, right? Everybody watched it and was like, oh, that's cool. Look how excited he is to get that kid. He he had his letter of intent four hours before he announced. Like it was faxed to him that morning. He knew who it was. It was a little, it was, I had talked to somebody in Missouri. It was like, it was hammed up for the, for the purposes of, of social media. Still getting talked to on podcasts years later, so it worked out. <laughs> Next, I'm going to find out like that all the uh, walk-on reveals, like they actually got the emails from campus <laughs> approving their their status as a student transitioning, and like, hey, we need your uh, bank and bank account info for the direct deposit like two weeks in advance. Um, you mentioned the seven-on-seven seven discoveries, and then. I think in a spring straw is like complete opposite dynamic where, you know, you have a late market before we started recording. You told me you're heading to Vegas soon as well for a seven yeah. on seven tournament soon. And that season's about to go from what February through mid July. I have no idea what like the, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, market it's, is it's like. really stretched out. Yeah. This is select seven on seven, which is the AAU of high school football. Um, kind of and if you guys don't know about this, old man. If you guys don't know about this, you could literally do a podcast about this in and of itself. Um, and just this, it is, it's why, I mean, KJ, like you remember growing up, we played seven on seven. You and you went to Arlington Lamar. We're mm -hmm. talking about up until last year, the longest streak holders of the state seven on seven uh, tournament. Kind of sad about that. <laughs> um, but, you know, we played with our schools and, whatever you play on league night and that was it. Well, now it's like there's teams that are paying kids, flying them across the country to come play on these, these big national teams. There was a, there's a team in Miami that's backed by whoever the top booster is for uh, Miami. The guy that gets all the press for, for oh, that the yacht guy. Yep. They fly to their tournaments on private jets. Like 
they were in Vegas last year, and the guy, like their coach, is telling me, like, yeah, we flew in on the private jet, like we parked next to Drake's jet uh, in the thing, and then they lost like the second round. And I told them the other team <laughs> should get to take the private jet home. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's wild. So I'm headed out this weekend to Battle in Las Vegas. Uh, Battle is the name of one of the tournament circuits. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's kind of a thing I do every year in February. I go to Vegas for a major tournament, and I booked it just off muscle memory this year and then looked up and was like, oh, crap, I'm going to be at this tournament on Super Bowl Sunday. Mm. Um, so I, I may be cutting out early to head to the sports book for Super Bowl Sunday, which uh, you fellas are gamblers, right? So I may be, uh, may be oh, texting yeah. you for, uh, for some, some picks. Don't you, don't text Dave. Yeah, just no. leave me off that text. <laughs> <laughs> he, he took a beating this year. Not man. good, Mike. Not I, good I, at all. My best advice is download DraftKings Sportsbook app in advance. But do download your app in advance. Set all that up like before you get there because then you can do that stuff like when you land in the airport and you're like already locked in. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, From a code washed, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, on that note, as far as... Um, not the seven on seven dynamic, but one thing that's always bugged me and it's not on our rundown. I didn't, I didn't add this in. It's like, it makes a lot of sense to me how the AAU seven on seven world is like blossomed, like especially for juniors, sophomores, even, you know, upcoming seniors, relatively physical, low risk. And you're getting a ton of exposure prior to your season, like early in your recruitment cycle. Explain to me how, in the age of like, we're not playing in any bowl games at the college level, America, the all all American bowl and high school all-star games are still continuing to survive with like more than committed and announced players, like still associated with it. They don't always participate, but like, how is that continuing on given like some of the risk involved there? Well, they're, they're in danger um, this year more than ever. I mean, outside of last year, like last year we showed up to the All-American Bowl and um, it was the first one out of COVID and they mm-hmm. checked in all the kids and we're 24-7 is the partner media group for the All-American Bowl. So we get check-in with them. They send them right into our room. We sit down and get exclusive interviews with them. Well, then they tested them for COVID after that, um, which I wish they would have tested them before. <laughs> Do they uh, set you they in sent them into room? our room <laughs> because like 60 kids popped like right off oh. the and they had to quarantine them all in the hotel for the week and then get a ton of other villains to come in. This year, though, it was like there were a lot of guys that just no-showed the games or, you know, they just – Colleges are starting to get involved because, like you saw, there were guys who were enrolling early and practicing with their colleges, mm-hmm. whether if those schools were in the playoffs, like Georgia, uh, Ohio State recruits. And so, you know, you got Kirby Smart saying, well, look, you can come here and practice and attend the national championship game with us, or you can go to San Antonio and play in the All-American Bowl. Like, what do you want to do? And so um, that part of it is is becoming a factor. I think that you know, for us, luckily, we just – there's a lot of kids in the country, so if we drop mm-hmm. one, we just call whoever's next on the list and a lot of times get them down there. But um, we had to do that with a couple of kids this year for sure. Yeah. I'm pro as many bowls as, you know, people can financially support at the college level. I'm also pro as many opportunities as you can provide for as many, you know, players at the high school level. Like – as things get so concentrated, focused on the top, you know, 10th percentile or whatever, we quickly forget, like, there are 130 schools that need a quarterback. We all know this is going to re-rack. 80 of these kids are going to transfer from a quarterback standpoint next year. Like, we need to be seeing as many people as possible. So I'm glad that that's at least continuing for now. I'm sure it'll change in, in format, but continuing. Outside of Deuce Robinson, who we talked about, who who's out there? Who's out? You know, senior senior year that has not committed to anywhere that we need to watch out for. Oh, man, I mean, I'm sure there is somebody. I think just about everybody signed. So, last Wednesday was the most boring signing day I've ever been a part of. Like it was um, with nothing going on. Almost everybody had signed in in December, and so uh, I remember like I usually on signing day, you know, I get up at six, like. So brew a pot of coffee. I sit down at my desk and I know I'm going to be there for like eight hours. 
And I kind of came into my office and had a cup of coffee and was just like, yeah, I don't really know what to do. I think I'm going to go back to bed. Um, so I, I don't think anybody, I think we're pretty much wrapped up uh, on that front. Uh, any idea of where uh, my guy, the defensive end, Colin Simmons, junior, about to be a senior at Duncanville, is leaning? Because I know Texas is in on him. I actually saw Colin last week at the first seven-on-seven tournament I went to because uh, he loves to come hang out at those things. He was head-to-toe in Georgia gear after coming off of a Georgia mm. visit. Um, I think he's going out of state. Georgia or LSU would be my, my pick right now early on um but he told me he didn't want to talk about football uh when i when i talked to him the other day so we didn't talk much recruiting so what'd y'all talk about if you can ask well i asked if we, he was going to play basketball this year and he said that with duncanville's uh penalties for uh for basketball and them not being allowed in the playoffs he is uh he is not going to so um you know we talked about that we talked about uh anime because he's super in anime and stuff like that so i don't know anything about it but you know i try to try to know enough kids uh speaking of duncanville basketball is is ronald holland gonna gonna stick with texas Mm. i know it probably depends on what happens with the, the coaching search but please say yes I think so. Um, I wish I had a great answer for you. I know nothing about basketball and have only covered like two games in, from a recruiting aspect of it. So I know about as much as you know, um, just by reading, you know, the major sites. But I talked to, I did talk to one of our top basketball reporters who thinks he will stick stick with them. Love that. That's the vibe I'm getting from my, my boots on the ground. <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep you posted. I'm, I'm hoping for a late play for Baylor, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I got one for Mike. Go ahead. Greatest high school highlight reel from the state of Texas you've ever seen. Ooh, and is it Sam McGuff? That's not on this podcast. With- is it Sam McGuff? <laughs> it's not Sam McGuffy. Um, yeah, there was this kid out of Lamar. <laughs> It's kind of like a safety backer, like a big hybrid. Now, um, I like I kind of. It's really easy to say Kyler Murray. Um, like that's really the easy answer for like, hey, who's the best you've ever seen? Um, but I'll, I'll go off the beaten path a little bit. I'll give you another white running back. My favorite all time Texas high school football player, and I loved his huddle. Um, was Rex Burkett. I oh. think Rex Burkhead was a machine at playing. I went to a game and saw him score uh, a touchdown in every way possible. Had himself a nice career in the NFL, too. Jeez. Yeah, so he's he's up there. Lake Seastrunk was really fun um, back in the day. I'll tell you what, been, no, Baylor, right? Baylor. He went to Baylor. Yeah. He's crushing it now at LSU. Harold Perkins, though, um, mm. uh, who, who came out last year, was a five-star linebacker who also was could have been a five-star running back, might have been able to be a five-star safety, um, was was really awesome as well. You know, actually, Mike, the correct answer was Jaquindon Jackson. <laughs> yeah. but, hey, if we're talking uh, the, the Rushmores of guys I've seen, yeah, Jaquindon Jackson, absolutely. Hey, Utah, playing in Waco in September. I will be there. You'll be there with the with the number three Duncanville jersey on. I'm gonna have a house divided. Uh, I'm gonna have like <laughs> half Utes, half Baylor. It's gonna look really bad. It's gonna look very Christmassy, but I'm gonna do it. Maybe I'll try to get a media pass. Just weird everybody out walking up and down the side. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I'll see if I can just tear some letters. They've got too many of those, like uh, Wisconsin slash Pat, like Badger slash Packer. Uh, signs around here i'll send that to you um my last thing on on high school football recruiting specifically and and i don't think it'd be wise to name any names but like how frequently do you find yourself like not underwhelmed but like man this guy didn't check out or like i don't know just kind of disappointed that you saw something on tape you heard a good sell from a coach you go check it out and you're like I'm just not seeing it all the time. Like happens more frequently than it doesn't. Uh, We've got a pretty good idea of a lot of these guys, especially like in the state, because, you know, I, I get to so much stuff. I see them so early that I see their entire process. And it's important also to like 
remember not to base too much off of one one evaluation, right? Like I I remember it was a lesson I learned a couple of years ago. I went out to Texarkana to see a kid named Clayton Smith, who I loved, and he just was kind of iffy in the game, just kind of mad. And I after the season, one of our rankings guys said, well, we think we're going to push Clayton way up there. And I said, I don't know, man. I saw him once and he was really bad. And he said, well, he had 24 sacks this year. So, um, you know, it was kind of an important reminder that maybe just had an off game. But yeah, it happens a lot. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the one guy, like, I'll say, like, that I was kind of equate this to the other way is uh, Travis Hunter, obviously, who's now Colorado from Jackson State. Like, there's so many times we hear people like you hear the William Wallace stories of these like out of state five stars and you, you, you see them and you're like, well, yeah, they're good. But I mean, people talk about them like they're, they're mythical figures. Travis Hunter showed up at a seven on seven tournament and it took like three plays. And I was like, he's the best seven on seven player I've ever seen in my life. Like if he's anywhere yeah. near this good in pads, um, you know, he, he was, a he's what I call a religious experience. Um, as, as far as, as scouting football players, but yeah, it happens all the time. Um, you know, the, especially if we're getting info from coaches, it's like they're they're It's in their best interest to inflate a kid's stock or, or tell me this. And I tell people all the time, the thing that bothers me is when I get a call from a coach or a trainer and it's like, Hey, I've got the next video or I've got the next, uh, I had a guy call me and tell me I got the next Chase Young. And I'm like, they don't make any more of those guys. You know, <laughs> those, those uh, Chase Youngs aren't super common. That's that's why he's Chase Young, you know. So uh, I'm like, man, just tell me he's good. Send me his film, like whatever. I'll, I'll see for myself. But, uh, yeah, it happens a lot. It's, uh, you know, it's disappointing. The other thing is, like, as funny as measurements, kids will tell you, oh, I'm, you know, we had a kid who this year um, actually – uh, signed with the school in state, but he was from out of state. Tell us the whole year, like I'm six foot eight. I'm six foot eight. Well, he shows up at the All American Bowl, and <laughs> what we do at check in is we put them immediately as soon as they come in. We get their height, weight, uh, arm length, and hand size, and, and measure that immediately. And I was running height, weight this year for us, and I was like, he came in, and I was like, oh, here's Mr. Six Eight, and he stepped on the on the thing, and I was like, uh, six four and a half. <laughs> and uh, he he was so pissed, and I'm like, dude, you're six four. Like, why, why do you care? You know, there was a kid who measured it. There was a kid who measured at six six and a half, and he's like, I'm six eight, and I'm like, you're six six and a half. Like, that's enough. You know, stop like, measuring yourself here. at the checkout at Home Depot, man. Just like, <laughs> yeah, take you got to do some stretches or get on the conversion uh, table. Get on that Kyler stretch machine. Before yeah, the, the problem is like I'm so terrified of the youth. Uh, roasting me all the time and so like <laughs> this one uh this white kid comes in who's a tight end i get him on the thing and i go i look at the i look at the measurement stick and i go all right he's six five and a quarter and he goes cap i'm at least <laughs> <laughs> and i my face got red and everybody looked at me and i said well step up man i'll measure you again and i, I hit the thing and i looked at him and i go oh, i was wrong dude and he goes, oh, that's what I thought. And I go, six five even. Um, <laughs> he was so pissed. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah. That's, there's no coming back from that. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, what do I do? Everybody yeah. just looked at me like, well, it, the problem is, is that listed everybody to be like, was Mike doing the job correctly? Because this kid just yelled cap at <laughs> Um, Reminds me of that uh, that Hugh Jackson story about Baker Mayfield. He's like, oh, he just comes to the facility and he'll just yell out yee. And all the other players are like, yee. And I'm like, okay, I sound old as hell. I'm like not vibing with this story, but I can see five years later, like, okay, I see what Hugh Jackson was saying in that moment. And yeah. I, I imagine there's, you know, little things like that, that, man, we don't speak the damn same language anymore. But go on, Dave. No. Uh, no, the last thing I have, I – I would be doing everyone a great disservice if I did not bring up them Bobcats down San Marcos way. GJ Kinney recruiting the state of Texas. Dude, he's putting the, they are going to compete for the Sun Belt in the next three years. Mark my words. Yeah. I'm I'm a, I mean, like, I want to say GJ was class of 07, 06, something like that. Um, so, I mean, he was right behind me in high school. I remember watching him in high school. I remember watching him in college. 
Um, I've gotten to know him when he was at Incarnate Word, and, and he's awesome. Like he, he just he he gets it. You know, he understands. He's a mini Jeff Trailer in a lot of ways, and, and that makes a lot of sense considering Jeff Trailer was his high school head coach. So, um, you know, I I called him when he got the Texas State job, and he said, "Anybody, any help you can give me, any names." And so I sent him a list of names of kids. I was like, I'd offer every one of these kids. And, you know, to his credit, he did almost uh, offer almost every one of them. Um, and they went hard after it. I never got why Texas State went all in on the portal under Jake Spavadol. Um, it, it, and we're so public it was, about it. Like, so it was so very it. clear. And, and I mean, people were just, you know, I, I think a lot. I live in the, in the world of Texas high school football coaches. I go to their clinics. I hang out with them often. Even I think that sometimes there's a lot made of like, you know, the high school coaches don't like this or they don't like that. Um, but it was like very clear, like nobody was going to help Texas state get a transfer or anything if they were, you know, from their schools just because of the way they were. And, and to me, I was like, you're at Texas state, you're in San Marcos. Like you're, you know, it, it's a cool, like, would you, would you rather, if you're a kid, wouldn't you rather go there than Louisiana tech or somewhere like that? Um, and, and be able to build that program. I do think a big part of it was their, um, uh, their their facilities were pretty behind, so I'm interested to see kind of the investment the school makes. But yeah, I think he's awesome. Did a great job at UIW in his in his first year there, and um, I I found myself up late watching FCS playoffs when when UIW was on. I've uh, I've made attempt via the uh, direct message to get GJ on the pod has not responded yet, nor is Rashad Samples. But one of these days. We will have a guest, and it will be one of those two guys. Let me let me let me work on GJ for you. That would be huge. You would love that, Rashad. I I don't. I just don't think Rashad would do it. But <laughs> I would. I would. I would tune in for the face off of KJ and Rashad for sure. Oh, it would. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't Tell happen. Rashad. I would just ask him how many Texas jumpsuits does he still have in his possession. Because I feel like it's probably not zero. <laughs> tell him, tell Rashad, he'll definitely remember this. Uh, the infamous Hail Mary North Shore Duncanville State Championship game. Before that play, when everybody was kind of getting ready for Duncanville winning state, I was down on the field. I was by the tunnel. He was running back from – he had went out there outside uh, of the field for something else. And security wouldn't let him in. They wouldn't let him onto the field because he didn't have a pass. And I'm standing there, and I knew who he was, and I was like, oh, he's with the team. He's coach's son. So, granted, this story plays out a lot better had they not lost in agonizing <laughs> fashion. But I'm the guy who got him on back onto the field for that moment, that really, really, really sad moment uh, when we lost on a, on a Hail Mary. But It feels like as you're talking this out, that may, you know, it's – that may not be the tactic. Like, hey, remember the worst moment of your life? I got you back on the field. I feel like you could frame it as like, hey, this is a guy who's willing to properly leverage his privilege in your benefit. And like, that's where, yeah, that's that's where I would go with it. I had they doubted never shot. And this guy had you covered. We'll see. Or you can be like, hey, this guy you know, was a sandwich artist in your hometown or in Duncanville. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Um, Mike, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Uh, Mike Roach 247 on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. If I'm not tweeting about recruiting, I'm probably tweeting about hockey. Um, a huge stars fan. So that's, uh, that's where I spend most of my time. In fact, like it's, it's funny because most big events are going on and I'm just like watching a stars game at the same time if it's on. So, um, I can't tell you how many major NBA finals games or something have gone on. People are like, did you see that? And I was like, nah, I was watching the Stars game 79. Um, so uh, get ready for a lot of that if you follow me, but don't, don't let that dissuade you. Uh, we also have a podcast, The State of Recruiting. Um, you can find it on Apple or Google or wherever you get podcasts. Um, and then Orange 24-7 is where I do all of my written work. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing this again. Um, You're the man, Mike. Thank you. <clears throat> we need to have is, uh, I'm a casual Mavericks fan. Is Kyrie is this, is this good? Bad? I, I think you guys are going to discuss this here in a minute. But I would say stick around, and uh, we'll find out which one of the three of us thinks Kyrie has some good points. We got to listen to. <laughs> okay, that's not a fair way to. 
<laughs> Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Thanks guys. Congrats. Love you. Appreciate it. Later, Mike. Thanks, fellas. All right. It's the great Mike Roach. Always a great interview. Good insight. All right. Um, I learned a lot. That's the most – can I say that's the most I've ever learned on a Wash Media podcast? Normally we come in here and just kind of fart around. <clears throat> That was a lot of good intel. He's a great guest because you you can ask him a question that you truly like want to know about, and he'll just give you some great insight for like five minutes. You can just shut up and let him do his thing. Just give him some runway, and he'll fill you in. That's great stuff. You know, I didn't ask him this, but if I had to guess, Mike probably started his day with Athletic Greens. Mm, that's a good. That's probably because right. I did. When when you deliver a peak performance like that. There's probably some AG1 behind it. I started taking AG1 for a number of reasons. I don't. I feel like I don't get the the full complement of uh, nutrition that I should get. I don't eat a ton of vegetables. Um, looking for more. You know, I'm looking to to sleep better, have more mental clarity, and I don't like taking ten pills a day. It's just it's no. just a lot, and it's expensive. That's why I started taking AG1. So what is it? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're getting. 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, soup, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's just great. It also tastes good. I do it, I just mix it with like six ounces of water, six or eight ounces of water right when I get up, shake it up, and just pound it. And that's how I start every morning right now. And I feel I've never felt better, truly. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, or gluten free. Sports better sleep quality and recovery, and also contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it still tastes good right now. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash bang. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash bang to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance yes i am in on this Kyrie deal i am kj and you feel good about it dave um when it dropped i was at uh i was doing lunch beers with uh micah and brett micah had just left and looked down landry friend of the show had texted Kyrie to dallas and i i kind of i knew we were in the mix i because we're the Mavs, I'm like, we're not going to – we won't – there's teams that can offer better packages. That's fine. Didn't have my hopes up. Then when it happened, I was like, whoa, okay. A lot of baggage coming this way. Got rid of Dodo, Spencer, Dinwiddie, two guys I really like. Really, really like both of them, um, especially Dorian. But uh, I've talked myself into it now. I know there's a lot of drama. I know the baggage is there. I know there's a great chance that this ends up like setting the franchise back many, many, many years. That being said, <laughs> they're going to have one of the best backcourts of all time, in my opinion. A very, very good backcourt. I think they can play well together. Uh, people pointing out they're both ball dominant, but Kyrie's played with LeBron, won a title. And if you go back and watch some old Luka film from his days at Real Madrid, he played off the ball quite a bit. So he's more than capable of doing it. Um, all that being said, I don't think they're done. The trade deadline's Thursday. They need to go get some size, and I do. I assume they're going to try to move maybe Christian Wood, maybe Tim Hardaway Jr., but um, I like it. You had to do something. If it doesn't work out, he's a free agent, and he can go sign somewhere else, and you'll have near close to max cap space. Not that it's a great free agent class, but it's still something that's worthwhile. So. I, I don't know. They had to do something. They were very, very stagnant. The roster was very up and down, and Luca was Luca was going to die. Like, dude's usage rate was through the roof, and you can't. He's not going to. He can't go be Superman in the playoffs if he's playing. Uh, you know, having to score fifty points a night to win games. He's a he's a weird guy. He's a drama queen, but dude can ball. 
Luca or Kyrie? <laughs> uh, Kyrie. We don't do that here, Kyrie. KJ. Dude, <laughs> ball, man. Yeah. Um, I. <sighs> I don't think that I've, I'm, I don't think any of us really feel like going into like the history of Kyrie or like dissecting all of that, uh, or defending or any of that. Um, from a basketball fan standpoint, a Mavericks fan standpoint, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's happened. Uh, I don't think that the risk of like complete implosion is that like, big uh like i don't think that that risk is like increased because of this move significantly if i guess i can phrase it that way um implosion for me would mean luca chooses not to resign or leaves at his earliest opportunity i don't think that Kyrie is going to outlast luca uh with the mavericks that's i don't see that happening um of course i'm sure there's a possibility but I do not see that happening. Um, on the flip side of that, if this move wasn't made in the history of the Mavericks over the last 15 years, repeated itself of like their inability to acquire, whether by trade or free agency, like big names like this, uh, I think that implosion and or Luca leaving at his first available opportunity was just as high if they weren't able to get him help. Um, and they've, you know, made it clear. We'll go get you Chris Stapps. All right, that doesn't work. We'll flip it. We'll work out, you know, what's it look like with other guys? Okay, that doesn't work. We'll go after Kyrie. Like, they're swinging for the fences as as often as they can. And if you're a fan of a franchise, like, I think that's all you can hope for. Um, I think it's kind of a nerd move if you're like, oh, man, I really hope that we're financially savvy about how we approach this offseason. Like, whatever. I get it. It gets you in a tough spot. Like if you're a Lakers fan, when you went and got Russell Westbrook, like I don't think people were as upset as they were in the beginning as they are now. Yeah. It didn't work out, but like you weren't concerned about the cap space or the inavailability or the inability to make moves like this. When you got Westbrook, like you just made a bad decision. You weren't upset that you, you made the decision. So anyways, happy that's happening. It's I'm, I'm excited. I mean, it's, Kyrie, I've I've never really had. I know he's really, really, really good. Like probably the best ball handler in the league. I've, he's not a guy who I've watched a ton of outside of like you know his his finals games with the Cavs. Um, he didn't play that many games with KD. Um, they never did anything. That Brooklyn thing, shockingly, never did shit. Um, not all know. his fault either. I don't think no. that even if he him and KD were always out there, like. The problem I I saw in Brooklyn, not to like make this all first takey, like there was always the James Harden aspect of it or the Ben Simmons aspect of it. It wasn't just simply Kyrie. Kyrie's unavailability last year's and like the the unwillingness to be vaccinated at the time that he was doing it and his approach to it. You know, was very vocal about disagreeing with that and like he didn't want impact he had on his team. The jab, Dylan. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Uh, we'll call this an experiment. It is what it is, right? Like, like you mentioned, worst case scenario would be like the implosion. Like, you know, Luca wants to leave. This is the kind of trade. It's like, you know, they sit down with Luca. Like, okay, we want to get you some help. We think we can get Kyrie. We sign off on this. If it doesn't work out, you know, we'll, we'll deal him again. By all accounts, they did that too. And of he course, did sign off on it. So. Of course, you. Ha- I mean, franchise player like that, you kind of, you kind of have to have those conversations before making a move like this. And a guy that it comes with a little bit of drama. Like Kyrie does, so um, can we works out? Can we pivot to different drama? Yeah. Oh yeah. What's going on with Aaron Rodgers? He's just he's just getting weird. Speaking of weird people, he's just getting weirder, man. KJ, when's the last time you uh, spent four days in a dark room? Um. <sighs> Is this a Mike Leach? Play? I uh, no. no. <laughs> I didn't even think about that hook. That's beautiful. I love it. I, w- I should have gone that direction, and instead, I'm just you know a jerk, and I go back to the same well every time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if Aaron Rodgers' approach to Black History Month again, since I've already played the card, okay. is to take a darkness retreat, like I respect it. Wasn't um, going that way either. Just for the record, I'm saying I was going that way, but it wasn't <laughs> nearly as good as Dylan's Mike Leach approach. Like tip of the cap. Um, 
quickly on this, I would say not like I don't care, but you know, I just hate that I have to hear from it by watching a clip or hearing from Pat McAfee. Dude, like, McAfee, does McAfee owe, owe his career to to Rogers? Because Rogers will go on there and he and I swear to God before like he's like, dude, you're gonna love this. I got some shit for you today. He's gotta be cutting uh Rogers in on the some of the, the revenue that he's generating through that podcast, man. Because I swear ESPN cuts a clip every single day that he that he has him on just I mean, just because he decided, he was like, yeah, Pat McAfee's my guy. He's the, he's the, the person in media I will talk to. There's got to be some kind of deal they have they have worked out. It's just uh, the script they wrote. Yeah, this darkness retreat. Apparently, Roger's going to sit in a cabin somewhere in, in pure darkness for four days. And after then, will he be ready to make his decision on the future, uh, his NFL future? I don't, I don't know what he's bringing in there with him. Uh, Dude, just go to like a sensory deprivation pod for like a couple hours and just be like the rest of us. Just try not to deuce in it and you're good. So this is more of the uh, Aubrey Marcus, who is the uh, founder, co-founder of On It. It says his fingerprints all over it. Does he, it not? he recently, I uh, follow him on Instagram. Great wild follow. He recently did this. So this is absolutely, yeah. Definitely when, when Aaron says he's had friends do it, that's who he's talking about. This doesn't bother me. Like I see Jets fans like, we don't want this guy. I'm like, there's worse stuff he could be doing. Like, you know, I mean, we he did ayahuasca last offseason. Like this is this is same, same, kind of. I mean, it's it's whatever. I, he, I don't think this is gonna set him back. He he isn't getting weirder because I know I said he's getting weird, but this like he was already weird. He established that last offseason with the ayahuasca thing, that weird tattoo in his Dumbass hair that he showed up with. The guy's just getting, he's just gotten weird. <laughs> I forgot about that. The uh, Con Air look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, is it fair to say, like, if this was Dak or whatever quarterback of your team that's your, you know, if this is Trevor Lawrence, I would care less about this than like the Micah Parsons thing doesn't bother me as much. Like, it's the, being in the media too much, being on uh, Pat McAfee that bothers me more than like what he's going and doing. But I would almost be more upset if it was a, oh, he's just a normal guy, but he plays a ton of off-season basketball. Like I would be more like, man, I hope he doesn't roll his ankle. Like weird, weirdly like more bothered by like motorcycle usage or some other dumbass off-season activity than I am about this. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's I'm, look. I'm glad. I'm glad he's around, and I hope he does not retire this year. I I want. I want to see him run it back. I want to see it. I'd love to see him out of Green Bay. I don't think he'll be at Green Bay anymore. There's no way. No. We just had our hundred million dollars, but uh, yeah, I guess there's a way. I, <laughs> I guess he'll probably have that if he leaves. But anyway, look at that. There's a pod. I got to tell you, run it back this week is is short, and the reason for that is because we had so much just actual good information during this episode that the, the like the fun the fun bits were uh, a little sparse not that it wasn't a fun podcast i'm just saying like this was a jam-packed informative one we all Joe. had fun dylan we, we had fun and we learned it's fun to learn can we run it back just like real fast and then we'll get out of here hit it it's excitement during which we talk about what we already talked about uh real quick kj is still holding on to beef with rashad samples Best high school highlight reel from Texas, obviously Jaquindon Jackson. Texas State will compete for the Sun Belt in the next three years, Mark Dave's words. And finally, we have a Thursday night live stream with guest Brandon Winnard from Bro Bible. He's going <laughs> to hop on with us. We're going to have a little fun talk Super Bowl. Man, that concludes you'd, it. You'd think of like working at a competing blog for many years, we would know. How to say this, Bro Bible Brandon's name. Well, it's kind of like hiring a guy to work for you and, and pronouncing his name DeFries. Then he's like, nah, it's it's DeFreeze when we finally meet him in person. So that was really that was a sad day. We'll probably have the same uh situation when we talk to him Thursday night at 6 30 p.m. Central. Only on our YouTube channel. Too much dip on YouTube. KJ, any parting thoughts? Well, let's go out there and have ourselves a snack.
Oh, let's go get some dinner. All right. All we right, will guys. see y'all Thursday. Bye bye. I want my chips with the dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. I'll bring them dips. Shout out to Satchel Page. <laughs>